the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Boy, those women and children are something else, aren't they? Have you seen what's happening in Tijuana? I saw a video of people charging the gates down there from the other side of the border, throwing rocks. And if you listen to most of the media, you would think that it's mostly mothers with their kids in strollers. But it's not. John Berman of CNN had Rodney Scott on. He's the chief U.S. Border Patrol agent in San Diego. Had him on today. And I think he got an answer that he probably wasn't looking for. The 5,000 to 9,000, depending on which count you believe, that is in Tijuana right now. Those are people coming to the border, as far as you know, for asylum, isn't it? I do not believe that is true. I believe there are definitely people in that group that are trying to, that are going to try to claim asylum. Uh, the vast majority of those from, the, from the, what we call the Northern Triangle are economic migrants, though. They do not meet the qualifications mm-hmm. to, to get asylum here. They can still apply. That, that, that's, that's a different issue. However, what I saw on the border yesterday was not people walking up to Border Patrol agents and asking to claim asylum. Uh, matter of fact, one of the groups that I watched, uh, the, one of the groups that actually several of them were arrested, they passed 10 or 15 marked Border Patrol units walking east to west, or west to east, I'm sorry, uh, numerous uh, uniform personnel as they were chanting, uh, waving a Honduran flag, and throwing rocks uh, at the agents. If they were truly asylum seekers, they would have just walked up with their hands up and surrendered, and that did not take place. Yeah, but, but, but what about the tear gas they're throwing at the moms and the kids? We keep the border safe and secure. Uh, I kind of challenge that this was a peaceful protest um, or that the majority of these people were claiming asylum. Uh, we ended up making about 42 arrests. Only eight of those were females, and there were only a few children involved. The vast majority of the people we're dealing with are adult males. Similar to what we saw uh, the first wave of the caravan that came up about a week or so ago, uh, the group immediately started throwing rocks and debris at our, at our agents, taunting the agents. And once our agents were assaulted and the numbers started growing, we had you know two or three agents at a time initially facing hundreds of people at a time. Uh, they deployed tear gas to protect themselves and to protect the border. And the people of Tijuana have been all over the Internet saying that they want the immigrants, uh, the migrants, I should say, to go home. President Trump's keeping it pretty simple. He says, you're not getting in. Go home. I like that message. And you got to believe that most people agree with him, even if uh, most people in the media don't. Now, speaking of people agreeing with each other, how about Twitter? Now, people are being kicked off left and right, but it's mostly people on the right, you might have noticed. When we come back, we're going to talk to a socialist, feminist Canadian who was banned permanently. She's all over the uh, all over Twitter today, and the right is coming to her defense. Stick around. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. 
But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer... Well, I am on Twitter, and you can follow me at SteigerWorld, and I'm on Twitter a lot. I joined Twitter several years ago because I was doing a, a, um, a, a an internet sports talk show, and it needed to promote it on Twitter. And I have like 13,000 followers, which isn't a lot, but it's a good number. And uh, so I'm on it more than I'd like to be, but I do it because I find things for this show and find ideas, and well... Today, uh, as I was on Twitter, I kept seeing the name Megan Murphy. She's been kicked off. And Megan Murphy is a, uh, well, she's a Canadian. She's from Vancouver, and she's uh, a feminist. And she was kicked off Twitter, and the right are coming to her defense. People all over the Internet, conservatives, are coming to her defense. Megan Murphy joins us now. Megan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, okay, uh, before we get to the Twitter stuff here, what exactly is Feminist Current, which you are the founder and editor of? Feminist Current is Canada's leading feminist website, uh, which I founded in 2012. Okay, and um, so tell me exactly where you are right now with Twitter. I, aside from, I guess you're, the easiest thing to say is you're out. You, they, they kicked you off. Yeah, uh, in the past, you know, week and a half or so, I was waking up almost every day and my account had been locked down and they were asking me to delete what I consider to be rather innocuous tweets. And then uh, Friday night at around, I don't know, 10 or 10.30 or something, I guess they didn't have anything better to do on a Friday night over at Twitter because I was at the bar. Uh, <laughs> I checked my email and I had a notification that my account had been permanently suspended over a tweet that I'd posted a couple of weeks back, um, and apparently Twitter had changed their terms of service and added a rule about what they call misgendering, but they didn't inform anyone about it, and I guess two weeks ago I broke that rule, so they permanently banned me 
from Twitter. Well, your name was all over Twitter today, as I'm sure you're aware. I saw it, and that's why I'm talking to you right now. Um, and so what exactly were you guilty of? The, uh, the, uh, what is misgendering? Well, so what, what has actually been happening is that I have been a, a, a person who's really been uh, asking critical questions about the uh, gender identity legislation that we're seeing being passed uh, all around the world and asking questions about the idea of transgenderism and asking questions about you know, what it means for a man to become a woman. How does that work? How does a person change sex? Uh, what what does it mean to be a trans woman, for example? And trans activists do not like it when you ask those questions. And so uh, Twitter has been combing through my own old tweets and trying to find ways to lock me out, and I think trying to find an excuse to suspend me. Um, misgendering, though, is when, uh, supposedly when a person refers to a male as a man or a female as a woman, even if that person does not identify as a man or a woman. So, for example, if a male wishes he were a woman and decides to identify as a trans woman, now people are expected to pretend that he's literally female and refer to him as she. And uh, if you if you don't go along with that, I guess you get banned from Twitter. Now, um, I'm looking at a couple of things here. Uh First of all, you have a statement here. Twitter wants me to shut up, and the right wants me to join them. I don't think I should have to do either. I want. I don't want to choose between the left and the right. I want to engage in critical thought, challenge myself, and form my own opinions. That doesn't sound like a radical idea to me. I don't think so. I think it's a quite progressive, open-minded idea. <laughs> yeah. So, and and you're not able to do that, obviously. No, I mean, what I'm trying to do, what I'm always trying to do is engage in, in discussion and think critically and have critical conversations and engage in debate with other people. You know, I've never been the kind of person who, you know, wants to know platform people. Um, and, and recently, I've sort of been engaging more and more with people who, you know, I'm a leftist, I'm a socialist, uh, I am a feminist, um, and I've been sort of getting out of my box a little bit and engaging with people who maybe don't agree with my ideas or maybe I would have assumed I don't agree with their ideas and I find it really interesting and exciting and I really like talking to those people. I like talking to all sorts of people and um, I'm certainly not trying to shut anybody else up or ban anybody, but uh, I think, yeah, people are really uncomfortable with the kinds of conversations I'm trying to have. We're talking to Megan Murphy. She's the founder and editor of Feminist Current, and uh, currently she's not allowed on Twitter. Um, so, um, does it? If you are a feminist and a socialist, are you uh, required by someone to? I mean, what what are the requirements for how you're allowed to um, think about the transgenderism? Well, it seems to me that the left, in uh, in particular in Canada and in the U.S. Um, I'm Canadian, so that's why I'm talking about a Canadian context. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the left in large part has decided to take this position where they support uh, transgenderism and gender identity ideology and gender identity legislation unequivocally, and that if you ask any questions, any questions at all, about these ideas and these policies that are being passed, you're smeared as a bigot and as hateful um, no matter what your arguments are, you know, my, my questions and my arguments around gender identity, ideology, and transgenderism are rooted in a desire to protect women's rights um, and to challenge sexist ideas about gender roles and gender stereotypes. Um, and also, you know, to just ask questions in general about something that I consider to be like an incoherent ideology. And I just want somebody to explain these ideas in a coherent way, and no one will. And so I keep asking them. And people are getting really mad that I won't stop asking and that I won't shut up about this kind of thing. Well, here's what I was talking to someone about this just a little bit ago. And I mean, why don't I or why don't you uh, create a platform called, uh, I don't know, we could call it Not Twitter. And um, so, so, so there'd be an alternative to this. And it would be a platform where you can say whatever you want. And if you're offended, then don't come here anymore. If someone uh, says that um, on on the, on this platform that they hate 
black people or hate gay people or hate women or hate whatever they want to hate. And, and, and if that offends you and you know that when you keep going back to the site, you keep seeing that you don't go there anymore. Why doesn't why hasn't that happened yet? You know, why hasn't something organically happened where uh, the, the people on the platform just take control of it and it just let, it, it just goes to where it wants to go? Um, I'm not sure. I wish somebody would create those platforms. I think probably some platforms like that do exist, but they just haven't really taken off. I mean, Twitter obviously is a, a multi-billion dollar company, so you need money to do these kinds of things, and Twitter has money. Um, you know, I, it seems to me like all the social media giants are turning into monopolies and, you know, yeah. buying up the other social media companies so that they can control everything that we put online. And that apparently now they get to control what we say online. So I really hope that people start creating alternatives because I think this is actually really dangerous in terms of free speech. And I support free speech. I support people to in their right to say offensive things if they want to. I don't care. I don't get offended by people who hate me or disagree with me or say mean things to me. Um, I'm interested in having debates. I mean, and like you said, if you don't want to listen to somebody say things that offend you, then don't listen or engage with them and tell them why they're wrong. That's my preferred mode of communication. Um, you know, somebody's literally inciting violence against somebody or inciting violence against a group of people. I do. I, I would consider that to be hate speech, but I'm talking about something literal, literally like trying to incite or encourage, you know, genocide. And and that's not what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not saying anything hateful about anybody. I'm just I'm disagreeing and I'm asking questions and I'm sharing my opinions that uh, people don't some people don't agree with. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I hope that something like that pops up. I just uh, joined a, a social media platform called Mind which is an open social network dedicated to transparency, privacy, and digital rights. What a concept. Um, I'm going to check what, that out. What's it called? Yeah, it's called Minds, uh, M-I-N-D-S. Oh, okay, Minds, okay. So uh, I'm on there. People can check that out. Okay, and uh, and I hear, I'm looking, I think I'm looking at your uh, a piece that you wrote since you were locked out of Twitter, and I kind of, I like this uh, paragraph, and you can explain what you're, where this came from. Uh, you write, despite my disinterest in seeing graphic pornography on Twitter and being called a turf C-word who should drink bleach, in quotes, I accept that this is something I am likely to be exposed to on Twitter. This is kind of like what I was talking about and choose to use the platform anyway. Cruel and graphic comments are things for better or for worse I am accustomed to and that frankly don't bother me much at this point. If you are a public figure, you do just get used to this kind of thing. That's pretty much what we were just talking about there. Right, yeah I, yeah, I published that just before the uh, permanent suspension, but I had been, you know, being locked out a bunch at that point, and, and it felt like they were trying to find excuses to suspend me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I just, you gotta gotta have a thick skin, especially if you're, I mean, I'm a public person, and, you know, I say controversial things, and other people say, you know, People get angry and say mean stuff to me. People say, you know, all sorts of mean stuff. I don't really take it personally. It doesn't scare me or upset me. And that thing is good. I don't think that it's great to go around saying horrible things to people or, you know, threatening people with violence. Like, I've received countless violent threats on Twitter, and Twitter never does anything about it, ever, <laughs> ever. You know, I've been told to choke and die, and, like, you, you right. read in that paragraph, drink bleach and all sorts of other horrible things um it doesn't you know hurt my feelings <laughs> <laughs> well but it, it's i i see this a lot from people on the right who are complaining that they are subject to abuse um I, i'm trying to think of, one of the more recent ones is uh, uh minister farrakhan here in the states refer, referring to uh he said i'm not an anti-semite i'm an anti-termite and i consider jews to be termites he's still there He's still on there, and yep. there are other people, and, and people on the right will point to countless uh, examples of other people who have been thrown off or blocked or suspended or whatever for a lot less. Do you get the feeling that there's more tolerance from Twitter for people on the left than there is for people on the right? Yep. Uh, although it's not, I mean, it's hard to just say people on the left. I mean, I do, I do think you're right, but, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a leftist, and there's a lot of leftists. 
uh, leftist women that I know who are who share my views and who are wanting to, you know, talk, speak critically about transgenderism and transgender ideology, gender identity legislation, um, and we're all getting banned. So I think, I think that Twitter, yeah, I think Twitter uh, is trying to impose their politics on everyone else, um, or they're they're trying to go along with other people's politics who seem to have them under their power a little bit. I think that there's a small minority of people. In my case, I'm certain that there's a small minority of people, trans activists, who have connections at Twitter safety, um, and a couple people who work at Twitter who don't like me and don't like what I'm saying, and that's why my account got, got shut down. It's not because, you know, most people believe these things. Certainly most people don't think I should be banned from Twitter. Most people agree with my views, um, even if they're scared to say so. Um most people in the world don't believe it's possible for a man to become a woman. <laughs> yep. Well, I, um, I'm trying to think. We we have a guy on the show here, if you want to check him out, is Dr. Van Meter, V-A-N-M-E-T-E-R, Quentin, Quentin Van Meter. Be a good person for you to talk to. You just Google him, Quentin Van Meter. Uh, okay. He's a, he's a, um, um, a, he's a uh, pediatric endocrinologist I was, I was trying to think of that's a that's his title but he he thinks he, he will tell you he'll give you the the the, uh, the down low on uh, transgenderism and he's of course a villain because he's studied this all his life and he said exactly what you just said he j- it just can't be done you don't do it you can talk mm-hmm. about it can't happen so uh, where do you go from here now uh, Megan uh, well, I'm working on getting my YouTube channel up, which I have been meaning to do for some time, and now I'm going to kind of hustle a little harder. Uh, I'm uh, on Facebook. I have a public Facebook page now. I have a public Instagram page now. I'm going to check out some other social media platforms. I'm going to keep fighting this Twitter thing. Um, there's a petition in, in support of me that thousands of people have signed and that more and more people are continuing to sign, asking Twitter to reinstate my account. Um, I think this is completely unfair. I think that Twitter is trying to control speech, and I think that's really scary. I think people should be scared. I don't think, you know, I, I hope that people support me, but I hope that they also see this as part of a larger problem and that something. Uh, really, something really dangerous is happening in terms of democracy and people's ability to speak freely in the world. Well, hey, Megan, well, I appreciate you being on. Uh, keep your eye out for my new site called uh, Not Twitter. Um, I'm going to be working on that. All right? Thanks for <laughs> I being here. you set that up. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Megan Murphy. Okay, and uh, we do thank Megan for being here. So I, uh, I got a couple minutes here before the break. I... I wish this were. It's too bad this is radio because I wish you could see this picture. It's of uh, Alex Drummond. He's a transgender woman. She, I guess, is a transgender woman with a beard, and I don't mean like scruff. I mean a beard, beard. You know, a beard like a beard that you could grab, but not not like you know Rip Van Winkle beard or Santa Claus beard, but a beard. Um, not a goatee, a beard. And um, says she says. Uh, post-transition, I can look in the mirror and actually like the person I see, and that's pretty cool. That's where we are. Now a uh, a man can keep his beard, grow his hair long. Uh, this this person has eyeliner on and is wearing a, uh, a bracelet and some feminine-looking jewelry, uh, rings and stuff on her hands, and she's posing very effeminately. And uh, it's a man. And he says... Alex says, I don't know what the reason for Alex says, what do most people say to you in the street? Well, he says, most people treat me entirely normally. It just works. I've had women come up to me and say, I love your look. No, they don't. (laughs) I'm not buying that for a minute. Just not. Just not buying it. So nice try, Alex. But, you know, good luck with that. I don't know what you ought to do with the beard, but I don't like the look. I don't love the look. I don't know what to say. We'll be back. Stick around.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. General Motors is announcing big job cuts as part of a restructuring. GM says it's looking at the future with a focus on autonomous and electric vehicles and notes consumers are shifting from cars to trucks and SUVs. America's biggest automaker will lay off up to 14,000 workers in the U.S. and Canada and may close five plants in Maryland, Michigan, Ohio, and Ontario. The figures include about 8,100 white-collar workers, some of whom will take buyouts. Some of the factory workers included could transfer to truck or SUV factories that are boosting production. Most of the factories that might close make cars that will not be sold in the U.S. after next year. Sagar Magani at the White House. Good day on Wall Street as the Dow is up by 354 points. The Nasdaq rose 143. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Are you an unhappy timeshare owner? Getting out of your timeshare is probably at the top of your to-do list. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. Now that the annual maintenance fees are coming due, you probably wish you had a way to get out of that burdensome and expensive timeshare. Thankfully, we can help. Our process is done legally, ethically, and quickly. Call today for a no-obligation consultation at 833-594-0077 or visit us online at LoneStarTransfer.com. Joe Walsh wants lawmakers to get their act together. I'm mad at Congress. According to federal law right now, did you know this? You can enter this country illegally, raise your right hand and say, I'm here to seek asylum. Change that law right now. I believe the power should be vested in the legislative branch. Change this law. The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 9, right after Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The Answer. Are you an unhappy timeshare owner? Getting out of your timeshare is probably at the top of your to-do list. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. Now that the annual maintenance fees are coming due, you probably wish you had a way to get out of that burdensome and expensive timeshare. Thankfully, we can help. Our process is done legally, ethically, and quickly. Call today for a no-obligation consultation at 833-594-0077 or visit us online at LoneStarTransfer.com. Regional Asset District this month is expected to rubber stamp millions of dollars more in public money to help pay for upgrades to PNC Park and Heinz Field. Never mind that taxpayers continue to pay off the construction bills of both facilities. But a recent study by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy found that the Pirates and Steelers have not been paying any rent for their venues. Learn more about these sweetheart deals at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. Hurt in an accident? I can't help you. But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark... Call me, Attorney Gary Topolowski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors. 877-572-8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them first. School bus drivers, custodians, nurses, paraeducators. Just a few of the education support professionals who help schools in Pennsylvania run smoothly every day. This is Rich Askey, treasurer of the Pennsylvania State Education Association. They ensure that our students have a safe ride to school, healthy meals, and a clean environment to learn. So take a moment to say thank you to the ESPs in your school. A message from the Pennsylvania State Education Association. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Plenty of delays for your Monday evening. Now, if you're outbound on the Parkway East, it is looking pretty busy from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and inbound County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West is solid inbound from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Now, we also see a disabled vehicle on the westbound Pennsylvania Turnpike. It takes out the right lane. This is between Allegheny Valley and Butler Valley. Also moving slowly outbound 28 Chestnut Street to the 40th Street Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
This afternoon, cloudy, breezy, and turning colder. A shower or two may mix with the wet snow latest. Temperatures drop to the upper 30s. Breezy and colder tonight with a couple of snow showers. A little accumulation, but watch for thick spots later on, though 28. Cloudy, windy, and cold tomorrow with flurries, high 32. Wednesday, cloudy, windy, and cold with a couple of snow showers, high again 32. I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. So the kids were home from college over the weekend, uh, maybe the grandkids, maybe they uh, you know got you caught up on how things are going there, or maybe you have a kid who's a senior in high school who's starting to get a little bit serious about where he wants to go to college, or maybe you're just a taxpayer uh, and you're wondering... Uh, why you're being forced to subsidize big universities that are teaching kids lots of things that, I don't know, maybe you don't want them to, uh, you don't want to pay for them to learn. If you're not thinking about that, maybe you should be. That's what Rob Nadelson of the Independence In- Institute thinks. He joins us now. Uh, Rob, thanks for being here. Before we get to the discussion, I'm told you want to be identified as uh, someone other than Rob Nadelson. Is, uh, uh, what was that all about? <laughs> Well, I thought that since everybody can self-identify whatever gender or condition he wants to be these days, that I could simply self-identify as a Hollywood star and should be treated as such, don't you think? Yeah, why not? Uh, but good luck with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with you as, as Rob for now, if you don't mind. <laughs> Rob is fine. Okay. Uh, so uh, the headline of your piece is, uh, Let's Stop Paying for Intolerant Universities, and it has an exclamation point at the end. So how intolerant are they and how much are we paying for them? Well, let me give you a little bit of my background first because it's relevant. Okay. I worked for universities. I worked for universities for 25 years. I was a law professor. Uh, my expertise is constitutional law. Uh, before I became a tenure-track professor and ultimately a tenured professor, I worked for them for uh, six years as part-timer. So I know universities very well. And uh, unfortunately, many of the ones we have to pay for are extremely intolerant. And a great example was the episode at Berkeley that provoked my article. Uh, A a young woman was on the student council there. The student council decided that they were going to pass a resolution attacking the Trump's administration uh, uh, executive order that changed the interpretation of sex in uh, Title uh, nine of one of the civil rights acts they were to change it back to biological sex which by the way is what congress intended so all the trump administration was doing was uh, complying with the intent of the law radical concept uh, yeah right exactly the obama administration had changed it uh, unilaterally to uh cover uh, transgender and 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 other uh self-identification um, and the Berkeley City Council, uh, Berkeley uh, student government decided to pass a resolution opposing this. Now, what business does Berkeley City, uh, City uh, excuse me, uh, student government has to uh, uh, pronounce on federal issues? I don't know. They certainly have no expertise in that area. But this young, one, young woman who sat on the student government uh, decided to abstain, and she issued a very meek and uh, deferential statement about why she, why she wanted to abstain, and all hell broke loose. I mean, she was subjected to uh, uh, hours upon hours of attack based upon this. Now, this is a, an example of uh, university intolerance. If you don't, if you don't, go, you know, walk in lock, right. lockstep right down the line with whatever whatever the latest trend is you're uh you're completely isolated well the scary That's thing not, about oh, that rob is that, it, that she was abstaining she wasn't even she just didn't she want to be involved i mean if i had been sitting on the council i would have said hurrah for the trump administration right they're they're obeying the rule of law they are they're respecting congressional intent here but uh, that doesn't matter. Rule of law doesn't matter. Uh, her Christian beliefs didn't matter. Nothing else matters but that you simply walks in lockstep, lockstep according to what the latest uh, dictates of political correctness is. That's what's going on in the universities. That's what's going on in institutions we're paying for. And I'm suggesting, why are we paying for these things? Yeah, and, and 
Republicans are paying for them as much as Democrats are, if not more. Um, and they, why don't they do something about it? Why don't they do something about it? The Republicans just sit by. They send their kids there. And their kids come home well, yeah. and, and, and come home with, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've turned into Che Guevara by the time they get home at Thanksgiving. Republicans wind up, wind up uh, subsidizing this stuff as alumni. Uh, they get enlisted as a result of um, uh, university sports fever uh, to contribute. Uh, now, obviously, not not too much Republicans can do about state funding in a state like California with Berkeley. Right. But the majority of states are controlled by Republican legislatures. They keep pumping the money into these institutions. I take the position in my article that 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 these huge mega state universities are really out of date anyway. That we really need to be looking at smaller, more flexible institutions. Uh, and, and uh, uh, so irrespective of what the politics are, they, these institutions really shouldn't be getting uh, taxpayer dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm for uh, full disclosure, I'm involved with a small uh, university that is exactly what you're describing as uh, some uh, more flexible. And that's uh, Waynesburg University. I, I teach a class there, but it's a local school here. Well, about 40 miles from Pittsburgh, 50. But anyway, um, how much I mean. You say that modern communication makes it far less necessary to concentrate people than it once was. Um, you know, why, so why don't I just have my kids go to college in their bedroom and uh, with their computer? And why, why, I mean, what do you need? Why do I need to send them to a, a brick and mortar building? Well, there are certain things to be learned in brick and mortar. I mean, as a former educator, I wouldn't say that. Everything can be handled by distance learning, mm -hmm. but a great amount can be handled by distance learning. Uh, you could you could stay at home, for example, do distance learning 80% of the time, and then go to a brick-and-mortar building and interact with other, uh, with other students and with faculty members directly. But you don't have to be resident on campus 100% of the time. You don't need a mega campus to uh, handle most educational uh, curricula these days. It can be done on, a, on an occasional basis with a much smaller facility. Even in the area of liberal arts, and I'm a great believer that we probably should be subsidizing the liberal arts and that the big universities have abandoned them, they can, I think, be best handled uh, at, at smaller universities or smaller, uh, smaller private colleges. You don't need these huge institutions like Berkeley or the one I worked at most of my academic career, University of Montana with something like 12,000 students, University of Michigan with who knows how many, 50,000. It, it, this... This concept of the mega university arose in the 19th century, pre-internet, pre-telephone pre as a practical matter, um, uh, pre-television. Uh, that's where they they uh, originated, and I, I think you can make a good case for saying we just don't need as many of them as any anymore. So uh, what you're saying, Rob, is that if you can change what a man and a woman and or a woman is – or are, then uh, it shouldn't be that tough to ch change the concept of what a university is. Is that what you're trying to say here, Rob? <laughs> well, yeah. In fact, I think it's a lot easier to change the concept of a university <laughs> than to change yeah, the well, concept of but, a but, but isn't it kind of funny, though, that people would be much more reluctant to accept what you just said than what the person we had on before got kicked off Twitter for saying, which is that a man can't be a woman. So, but yeah, the, it's the, amazing. The, uh, and, and, and any... Almost any faculty member who said that a man can't be a woman would be, I think, despite uh, tenure and uh, academic freedom, would be in, in severe danger of his or her job. When I worked at the University of Montana, I left there in 2010, um, I privately opposed the idea of civil marriage, mm -hmm. uh, for civil same-sex marriage. Uh, I. I, I don't think the government should be in the bedroom, but civil marriage is a is a government subsidized uh, deal, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I didn't think it was a good idea to have uh, same sex marriage. I, I didn't dare say that on campus. I knew that what if I said that, whatever the cost, they would they would uh, assure that I was no longer working at that institution. That's just the reality of the kind of lockstep. 
mental um, uh, mental organization or or discipline that that you have to follow. And by the way, you know, John, this is nothing new. Uh, universities were invented in the Middle Ages. And they have long been centers of orthodoxy, of intolerance. I mean, uh, look what happened to Galileo. Uh, the, you know, the, the uh, uh, Newton and Einstein didn't do their best work at universities. They they had other other jobs, and they did their best work in their spare time. It, it's really difficult to do innovative, groundbreaking. Work that the uh, uh, that the majority of the faculty or the majority of the administration oppose at universities, because you just get isolated and marginalized. It's not that none of that work gets done; it's just that universities have a long history of intolerance, and this whole myth regarding the university as an open community of of uh, inquiry is largely just that a myth. We're talking to Rob Nadelson of the Independence Institute. Now, I want to throw a sports angle in here. I'm a sports guy on on the side. Um, and you talked about the subsidized athletic programs that help keep these uh, institutions afloat, and uh, they are subsidized when they probably shouldn't be. Well, that's right. And uh, the Huffington Post had a very good article about that uh, not long ago, which I commend to anyone. My own experience at the University of Montana was that we were um, we were scouring the streets of Chicago and and other places far from Montana for uh, sports talent. Uh, we brought these guys in. They had nothing to do with Montana. It wasn't like local kids were really playing for the University of Montana. Uh, in addition to subsidizing uh, a very large program, uh, we used this these programs as ways to try to gin up enthusiasm among alumni. And then, of course, that was used in order to get alumni to contribute it was also used in order to uh, get subsidies from the from the uh, from the state legislature so state legislators who got themselves elected would suddenly discover they were getting free football tickets or they yeah. were getting an opportunity to spend time in the in the box with the president of the university to to watch the games now i think ultimately the ethics laws forced them <laughs> to, to to close down that program but that shows you how the sports programs are are, are used but they also force the kids sports- you mentioned i think it, they also force the kids to pay um Activities fees. I, I, I saw this. I think in the Huffington Post uh, story yeah. that you referenced that William and Mary, which is a great college, I guess their football program is mediocre at best, but everybody pays a huge uh, um, student activity fee to support the football program because nobody goes to the games. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a very uh, that that's a very good example. Uh, William and Mary is, as you say, a fine institution. It should be all about. Uh, a liberal arts education, which is what really is the center of William and Mary, mm-hmm. uh, but they but they effectively tax the kids who want a liberal arts education in order to prop up this sports program. By the way, I want to make real clear that when I attended college, and by the way, I attended college in in Pennsylvania at Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I attended all the games. I mean, it was great. It's right. A, it's a great it's a great unifier and everything. But it is not an excuse for getting taxpayer funds. It's not an excuse for um, for getting alumni funds. It is. It should be part of the educational program or the recreational program, and not an excuse for uh, invading the public treasury. Uh, last thing, Rob. What? So, what do you? What is there a solution to this? Uh, is it just people paying attention? Yeah, I think long term. Long term. Uh, that the state legislatures need to stop uh, subsidizing uh, these huge mega universities. I think that the university should be privatized. I think they should be broken up into smaller institutions. I think there should be state support for education, but it should come in the form of scholarships. So outstanding state students should be given a scholarship to attend whatever public or private institution uh, they they particularly find best for their needs, but the money should be given in the form of scholarships and not not uh, provided top-down to these mega-institutions. Rob, uh, I'm out of time. We can find you at the independenceinstitute.org or independenceinstitute.org, right? That's right, independenceinstitute.org. I run the uh, Constitutional Studies Center there, and I've got uh, 
just a great amount of content there on constitutional law, constitutional history, and constitutional issues. Well, you made the mistake of doing a good job here today and giving me a way of getting back in touch with you. So I will be annoying you from time to time for this constitutional stuff, if you don't mind. Um, I'd love to be annoyed by you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. You have a great day. All right, you too. That's Rob Nadelson, independenceinstitute.org. And when we come back, I might talk about the Steelers a little bit. Stick around. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com. Most couples begin the retirement journey with some common questions. Have we saved enough for our retirement dreams? When does it make sense for us to take Social Security? How do we know if we have too much in the market? How does the new tax law impact our financial plan? Do you have similar questions? Join Kurt Kenotic of Accurate Solutions Group for a conversation about retirement's most common concerns. You'll learn a lot, and all you have to do is register. But seating is limited, so don't delay. Go to asgseminar.com, pick the date and location that works for you, and reserve your spot today. That's asgseminar.com. Start your retirement planning process with Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group. Register now at asgseminar.com. That's asgseminar.com. And for more information on your retirement questions, don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane, Saturday mornings at 10. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, defeating America's enemies with no apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, this is uh, Steeler Monday. The Steelers yesterday were not very good. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw for over 400 yards, completed 79% of his passes, and I think played a bad game. Uh, nothing he did 
prior to the interception at the end of the game would have uh, balanced it out because that he, that would have been a bad game if it was just based on that play alone. But um, he did nothing but dink and dunk all day through five-yard passes, and he had uh, a couple of guys open and uh, missed them. Uh, he also had a guy we threw a nice long pass to James Washington, and for some reason James thought he needed to jump when he didn't, and he landed on – I think he landed out of bounds, but he, he didn't catch the ball. He dropped the ball. So the Steelers went in against a team that was ranked 27th in the league against the run – and decided to pass the ball all day, and so they lost. And uh, <clears throat> that's uh, pretty much uh, that. Pretty much sums up the game. Um, I, I just uh, the the dinking and dunking in the NFL. I talk about it all the time. Odd nauseum, actually, but I do. Uh, I'm the only, I'm I'm not the only one, but I'm, I I think more people should talk about it. The league should be ridiculed for it. There was actually a game yesterday where uh, Philip Rivers of the San Diego Chargers completed. 25 passes in a row to start the game, and he finished with 28 out of 29. That's just insane. That somebody on uh, I saw somewhere uh, showed the odds of being struck by lightning and being able to complete your first 25 passes in an NFL game. It's like one in 80,000 were his chances of competing uh, the 25, and one in 15,000 being struck by lightning. So it's happening all the time, and it's bad for the game, and it stinks. <clears throat> so. That doesn't matter, though, because you know what's on its way? Esports. They opened up the largest venue dedicated to esports in North America yesterday in Arlington, Texas, at a, the old convention center there. And uh, they brought in a bunch of people. And um, the, the guy here who runs it, he says, My dream is to pack this house and out every weekend to expand and grow this venue to a twenty to 60,000 seating venue one day so we can compete with the NFLs, the MLBs of the world. And uh, the players don't take the game lightly, it says here. A lot of these teams have mental coaches. They have nutritionists. They're playing with their thumbs here. They have people that prepare them to come to this competition and perform at their best. That's according to Michael Antasani, the founder of whatever this is. In addition to the city being able to host events, recreational gamers can come and play at the Gamer Gallery outside of the arena seven days a week. Let's hope they put 60,000 people in there to watch people play video games. Oh, my. I don't know what to say. I'm done. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. The world's end. It's ending. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.